Science Week is over for another year, but of course doesn't mean we stop talking about science. I'm joined on the phone by Professor Mark Hutchison from the Centre of Excellence for Nanoscale Biophonautics. Uh, good morning, Mark. How are you going? Good morning. Doing well, thank you. Now, um, I won't ask you to explain that. That's a lot going on. But, uh, <laughs> but you do a lot of research in a lot of areas, but uh, something of interest is uh, not only pain management, but what I find fascinating is the objective measurement of pain. Because at the moment, if you're going through any sort of trauma or whatever, the doctor asks you, how do you feel on a scale of 1 to 10? And really, that could mean anything. But your research is pointing towards a way of measuring it on an objective level. That's right. Yeah, we've been working in human pain medicine for the last two decades. Uh, and the greatest challenge in development of new uh, pain medicines for humans has been uh, the objective quantification of pain. And as you said, the classic approach is to ask someone on a scale of 1 to 10 how much pain they are feeling. Uh, and the challenge is that my 5 might be your 2. Mm. Uh, and therefore, really, we are then uh, making a very simple uh, clinical decision whether you get one of two types of drugs, uh, an anti-inflammatory drug like a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, something like ibuprofen or neurofen um, and then if you have more pain it's something more like an opioid but really the the challenge then is um, you know what what truly is your pain experience right now all of that assumes that you can answer the doctor uh, and that you speak the same language as the doctor that you're not unconscious uh, you're not old and, and uh, dementing with uh, with a neurodegenerative disorder like Alzheimer's so there's a really, really great need to make these new measurement technologies for pain. That's extraordinary work. But as you say, it's not only, uh, you know, you talk, about, you talk about humans not being able to communicate, but of course this has implications that you're now looking into in terms of animal husbandry. That's right. So, you know, as, as I said, the, the, the language barrier is key and we aren't Dr. Doodle yet. We don't speak the language <laughs> of the animals truly. Um, you know, there are some fantastically skilled um, stockmen and women out there who can read their animals, read their livestock, and, and they are able to determine it, that something's not quite right. But to be able to put an actual number on that, to say this is worse than yesterday or, or uh, in fact, uh, this entire mob or, or flock are actually struggling, that differentiation is the biggest challenge. So where our research is heading right now is to create a series of technologies which allow us to ask the question, are you in pain? How much pain have you had? Um, and then finally, um, within your lifespan, how much chronic pain have you experienced? Uh, and from a husbandry's perspective for livestock, um, this is a really important area because we are at a stage now where there are new uh, pain-relieving uh, agents available for husbandry practices. Uh, we still have limited, relatively limited uptake in Australia of those pain-relieving agents. Uh, and there is a uh, need to uh, address this pain uh, that is associated with uh, husbandry practices, both the acute and the chronic pain that is created, because it has a real economic impact. Uh, we know from studies that uh, animals that are in pain, livestock that are in pain, are more likely to have infection uh, and illness um, we know from human studies that people who are in pain will not eat as much now uh, livestock we want them to be growing nice and big and strong nice and quickly with really good feed efficiency 
you have an animal that is in chronic pain, they simply won't go to feed. Uh, they won't convert to a quality uh, product outcome. So really interesting time to be now converting human medical technologies into livestock, scalable livestock technology. It sounds like a real advantage because, of course, people are very concerned about animal welfare from an ethical point of view. This is not only helping the animal, but the farmer as well, the producer. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, it's a tricky space to be working in because we know that um, the margins for farming are really, really small. Uh, any additional cost which doesn't show an economic return um, is really challenging to justify. Mm. Um, clearly, there are social and community expectations for welfare um, levels. Um, we need to still undertake husbandry practices that are um, painful. But can we get the best of both worlds? Can we address the welfare and well-being issues by addressing acute and chronic pain, but also demonstrate that this has an outcome for the hip pocket, the, you know, better product, better prices uh, and decreased costs. If we have objective measurements so that we're able to actually say, yes, this particular set of animals in the herd or the flock are struggling with pain, then let's target the treatments to those. Um, uh, you know, and and there's the, the other part to this, of course, is let's actually create the ultimate agents, the ultimate drug um, therapies, which work best in both male and female livestock. Well, it sounds like fantastic work, fascinating work, and uh, could really pay off. Any sort of time frame on this becoming a uh, common norm? Are you able to put well, a we're time actually, on it? We're doing, we're doing pretty large trials in the next sort of 12 to 18 months wow. um, uh, here in South Australia. We're rolling out um, sort of research-grade technologies right now in hospitals for human pain. Um, the, the conversion of that technology into uh, livestock scalable technology that, that doesn't cost an arm and a leg um, is, is part of the research program we have in within the Centre of Excellence for Nanoscale Biophotonics. Uh, and it's really taking useful parts of physics and chemistry and converting them into tangible handheld devices that you can use once and then recycle and dispose. That's fantastic. Sounds fascinating work. Professor Mark Hutchinson, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much.